You're listening to Fallow Feels, a podcast for folk who feel in fallow. Hello. Hey. Ava, it's been a whole summer. It's been three long, long months. It's been a cold winter. (laughs) In our hearts, because absence. Because I haven't seen you. (laughs) And it's so nice to be back with you. Yes. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in Manchester, which is um, really fun. Back in Fallowfield. Back in Fallowfield. So what have you been up to this summer? What have you been? Uh, My summer, my summer was wicked, actually. Um, I went to Finland, Estonia, Latvia. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It's been a, a Baltic cruise explosion a Baltic explosion a Baltic bonanza that kind of sounds like a crisp flavor a Baltic it? explosion <laughs> um which I don't know what if we ever we, sell much oh here we go patent that sorry um, I just want to make money out of this podcast that's, that's the only reason I do it it was really really good and I consumed a lot of great things this summer yeah um, going for it what have you been listening to so or? yeah i uh, listening to um <laughs> basically a Pure Diet of Laura Marling. Which album have you been liking the most? Sam for Feminine. Oh, <laughs> I, I have it on vinyl. And You've got it on vinyl? Oh, it's oh. honestly the thing I have been... No, that's all I've been listening to. It's definitely like a cosy... Yes. Cosy album. It's like a U-Time. It's just, a U-Time album. U-Time album. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new genre, Oh, hello, it? U-Time album. Yeah. That's amazing. One last thing I think that changed me somewhat mm. is... Um, Hannah Gadsby stand up. Yeah, yes. that was amazing. Oh my god, she spoke such truth about oh. being a woman in comedy. It was so, you know, when you encounter something, you think, "What was that?" Yeah, there is no single, yeah, you know, description or um, explanation for it, and for how much it moves you. Mm. It was so, so it was really good. interesting because she spoke about how self-deprecation is is I think this is right. Yes. It's ruining comedy for women. Absolutely. Because we go up on stage and we point out all our flaws and then make a joke out of Mate, it. No, and you I realise how much I did it myself. I casually. self-deprecate all the time. But the problem is is that I find that humour quite funny. Yeah. But then I also totally understand why she was advocating for why it was damaging. Absolutely. And it's that it is a tightrope that you're walking between being able to laugh at your own absurdity mm. about being a human that, mm. you know, it's ridiculous being a person. But I think, I think one of the important things is that self-deprecation isn't just a female thing. No, no, no. But it comes more naturally to women, I yeah, think. Yeah, it does, because we're apologetic. Exactly. And that was... And that was not saying you should be, we're apologetic, and no, we're staying no. like that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, we're just saying that the feeling yeah. is valid mm. and it should be, you know understood and discussed honestly really and i watched it with my mum as well which mm. was really nice mm. and i think we um we had a lot to talk about afterwards as well in our own relationship and hannah gasby talks about her relationship with her mother and mm. the guilt that a lot of mothers have about whether or not they're raising their child the right way yeah, which yeah. is really yeah really powerful i think so watch it with your mum watch um, it with your mum guys yeah um, but yeah, how about you? How's your summer? What My have you summer been was consuming? mental, would mm. be one word. No, I'm joking. Well, <laughs> I, what did I do? I had a cheeky soiree in Madrid oh, for yeah. a few days, which it was, was beginning lovely. Beginning of summer, wasn't it? Lots of fun, lots mm. of culture, lots of ham. Uh, sangria <laughs> was consumed. 
I stayed in a very colourful hostel with some very colourful people. Um, I worked in a cafe for the best of two and a half months for this charming Italian family. Oh, yes, the Italian cafe. <laughs> the Italian cafe. That sounds like a Shout out to Condi Brasserie, if you're listening. <laughs> Hello, this is um, editing Ava from the future. Just ignore the moaning. I think it's Italian food that induces that noise. You know, working with people in mm. the catering industry is tiresome just because you can never get it right. It was fun. Did you? It was so much up, fun. Yeah, to yeah. be honest, like I, I needed the money. Yes. So yes. you know, you get a job and it's local. It was like five minutes from my house. Mm. It was nice because it was an independently run business, and I, I think it's good to support those kind of places. And also, I just serve loads of lovely old ladies, and I love them. <laughs> what, serve them pasta? No, just like, they just come with it. It's a cafe and a oh, brasserie, so you're okay. the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't know what a brasserie was before <laughs> I worked there, to be honest. Would but you care to just Brasserie, explain? it's like a casual dining outlet, you know. Ah. You know, you go for coffee, but you can have food if you want to. Lovely. Mm. Yeah. Um, I went to Dorset for a week with my family, um, and... I received a lovely postcard from you Thank from you. Dorset it was it was very nice and you know, gave me a little thrill when I saw that come through the, the letterbox um no it's lovely I spent I went to Thomas Hardy's homes both of them <laughs> plural plural his birthplace and his death place <laughs> mm. um, which were both really cool it's next been... to each other by any chance no or? very no. close by ah. he did wear that he did like Dorset yeah, that was his did. sort was of his, stomping yeah. ground mm. um <laughs> obviously if you're an English student right now who knows Hardy so much to be like yeah of course he likes Dorset that's where his books are set <laughs> duh. duh um not the greatest fan of Hardy I do like Hardy in no, I completely bits. understand. And also, I like Few and far between. going to his houses. You learn a lot about his love life. But yeah, I was saying earlier to Ava, in terms of consumption, film has been oh, my yeah. main consumption. I have lived at the cinema. <laughs> the cinema is my drug. It's my home. It's my place to go. I go there to laugh. I go there to cry. I go there to be bored. I I literally... It's kind of circuit board for your emotions. I love it. I love it so it? much. I will reel off the films that I've seen. Here we go. Already. Ocean's 8. Oh. Incredibles 2. Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Apostasy. Um, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I saw Hereditary. Mission Impossible number... The Jesus. latest Mission Impossible. Um, wow. And I recently saw Crazy Rich Asians. And The Children Act, the Ian McEwan. Yes. <laughs> Hi, this is Editing B from the Future. Uh, for any film buffs out there, you might have realised that that list of films was pretty crap. Uh, but just to make sure that we're clear on this, Valley Fields is a podcast that clears the distinction between high and low culture. So if you have any problems with it, I'm sorry. Back to the podcast. Yeah. One that got put to film. And I, it was amazing. Mm. I've, I made, it made me realise how much I really, really rate going to the cinema. What did you think of Mamma Mia 2? Here we go again. Right, so this is something that we... Um... <laughs> yeah, it's slightly tense here in the uh, yeah, tense here in, in the recording room, in the recording studio, <laughs> my bedroom. <laughs> um, we have uh, contending views on the latest Mamma Mia instalment. Mm-hmm. Um, Shall I give my glowing? I think report? you should begin. Yeah. Okay. So this is from a fairly non-critical point of view. I love Abba. I love. 
ABBA. I love ABBA too. I I do. <laughs> I really love ABBA. Anything with ABBA makes me so happy. Yes. Their that, music, yeah. they have a lot of music for different emotions, which I really appreciate. It's mm. not always about romance. It's about sometimes growing up. It's about going for a dance. Absolutely. It's about, you know, SOS. SOS. Money, 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 financial problems. Fernando. <laughs> Fernando. Spanish Civil Spanish, War. Spanish Civil War. <laughs> Waterloo. Political. <laughs> Topical. Um, and so I automatically probably was going to love this film and I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved the sunshine. Uh, I loved yeah. the happiness. I loved the sort of prequel going into sequel 70s, but also 2018 mm. um, time switch between the different periods. I loved lily james who played the younger donna i thought she shone like a star like she always does um she has an amazing voice she is an amazing dancer great hair she like she is going to boss the acting world she will get Mm. big roles after that she did an amazing job it was absolutely amazing i thought the cast was spectacular i thought it was funny um i laughed the whole way i sang the whole way i cried at the end (laughs) it was just it was amazing. It was really fun and it really lifted my spirits. Good. That's and good. I loved no. it. <laughs> I loved it, Ava. Did you? And okay, Robin. Go on in. then. Okay. Go no, on, and I pick it. <laughs> well, I this thing, I love ABBA too a lot. And I was really, really looking forward to it because I love the first one so much. And mm. I'll begin by saying I was disappointed, first and foremost, with the dialogue. I felt that there could have been... It was just poorly written. And it felt like there were, diff, uh, you know, a multitude of different writers and they were all trying to do a different thing. Mm. And they sort of thought, okay, well, this is kind of what we want. We need to fit all these ABBA songs in. Let's write this kind of story that the easiest way to link in these different time periods and you know, still get as many scenes of Lily James's bum in as we can. Mm. And she's got a cracking ass, you know. <laughs> she really does. Can I say that on the podcast? You've got a cracking ass. Cracking she And, you know, she is an incredible actress. I thought it was a little bit gratuitous and wasn't giving her... I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't have any qualms with the, the acting per se. There were just a few scenes. You know that scene when um, Sophie, yes, is singing into the mirror when her fiance slash husband mm. i can't remember their, their relationship um has gone and they, they have the They're on the other side of the world oh yes yeah. they are and there was this very awkward <laughs> scene where they're singing into the mirror at themselves but also the other person and then they're in the same room it was just <laughs> so weird and it it was it was such a corny and i know you know i was supposed to be this kind of fun loving it's, you know, you're allowed to entrench yourself in the corniness, but it didn't do their relationship any justice. And anyway, so I was just a bit disappointed. Mm. And then there was a couple of lines that were delivered unironically. <laughs> and because they were delivered unironically, just <laughs> flailed. And yeah. it was it was like, I can't remember, I think it was the um, the the man who ends up being Cher's lover. At the oh, end, sorry, yeah, yeah. spoilers, total spoilers. Yeah, shares in Mamma Mia. Yeah, by the way. No, but Shock there's a kind of, you know, little relationship dynamic that gets uncovered at the end. Anyway, but he says, 
when he sees all, you know, at the end of the film, he sees the three fathers and, you know, it's all fun and games. And he says, oh, it takes three great men to make one great yeah, woman. I, yeah. What was that? Where did that I mean, come I from? I had some horrific imagery. Right? <laughs> of like, I don't of think like that's how men. copulation like... works. <laughs> Sorry. Kids. That's not how it that's... happens. <laughs> Wait, what was the line? Mamma mia. It takes three great men to, to make, make one, one great, great woman. woman. <laughs> also, just unironic. And there was also, you know, um, so, no, what's young Donna? She, when she goes to London, she um, gets with the, you know, the thingy's character God, oh, I'm really Colin Firth's, Colin Firth's yeah. um, younger self mm. and it was just a slightly uncomfortable you know pity sex scene it which was I... pity sex that's so true and what, we're over pity sex and we're over like glorifying pity sex as well you know I really a... liked Colin Firth's younger character as did well did you and I felt like that was if you weird... don't like him don't sleep don't with him don't sleep with him and that wasn't that's not a great message to be sending out to hordes of young people who were obvious who are going to project themselves onto Donna's character because you want to you know she's gorgeous and she sings so beautifully and all these men are falling at her feet you're you're going to want to be like her and pity sex is not a way to do it I don't know that was that felt a little bit sloppy but I mean outfit wise the the Whoever did the wardrobe... Dungarees are back in fashion Oh, now. man, yeah. Flares. It was gorgeous. Like, very beautiful. Yarn. And Yes. <laughs> Crochet. Crochet. Macrame. Oh, yes. All of that crap's back um, in there. Lily James's orange skirt. Do you remember that scene? There was a very... Um, when she was picking oranges, she had an orange skirt She's on. Wow, well, how fitting. Mm. It, is, it is one of these things that's worth debating about, I think, because yeah. of its... Um, popularity. I loved La La Land. Oh yes, you are one of those. I'm one of those, and you know what? I I still love that film, but I'm I'm very aware of the flaws in that film. Yeah, it's like a lot of those these sort of musical worlds that are created. Mm. You are you are built this illusion that's so nice, and because I'm someone who uh, I'm quite gullible, I'm, I'm quite <laughs> I'm just I'm quite sucked in by color, lights, and oh, music. Oh man, magpie. Yeah, I'm like a magpie when it comes to cinema. I just yeah. look at the good stuff and then I kind of forget a lot of the flaws that Yeah. So I always I always feel like I need to read criticism or like at least listen to some criticism. But this is the thing as well. It's not it's one of these debates that has existed as long as cinema has existed. So what's the point of cinema and why do you go to cinema and what cinema should provide for people and do you go to be challenged and must you always challenge the content or are you allowed to just consume and enjoy Today, in our sort of new coming back episode into the sort of student academic time, we're talking about home and belonging and place and so on like that. So, you know, what makes what makes home for you, Ava? What makes home? Um, it's been a question that has plagued me this summer, I think. Yeah. Specifically because um, we finished our first year at university and that's 
a transition time, I think, in yeah. a young person's life when yeah, you're yeah. in a limbo between your family home and establishing a life for yourself mm. in whichever city you're studying in. And I think I had to think about why I like to certain... Pl- why I, I find my family home a challenging place to be, not because of my family and I love them very much and that's not mm. the issue. It's mm. the place I live and it's it, <laughs> it ha- holds a lot of trauma, early adolescent trauma for me. Mm. Um, I moved there when I was about 13 and it was a a sad time for little Ava. Yeah. So, so do you feel like when you go home from uni to this place, it's it doesn't feel like you or it doesn't... Yeah, I feel like I'm a different person. I do feel like I regress mm. and um, I don't act... No, I d- I d- not that I'm, I suddenly change who I am. I just feel all those things that the 14 or 13-year-old me was feeling. Mm. And that's often quite um, a confrontational thing. Yeah. And hard, especially when you are not sad for those reasons anymore. And you think, why am I still bothering about these things? Your sense of identity changes a lot and mm-hmm. then you oscillate between these two poles of these yourself sort of, yeah well yeah because of. when you're at uni your people might see you as Ava my flatmate or Ava mm. yeah, friend or yeah, Ava yeah. the girl I go to lectures with when you're at home it's more like B the girl I've known from the, the, she yes. was age four and yes. I've seen her grow up through primary school mm. or like your mum or like mm. your dad and those people lend different identities to Absolutely, absolutely. Also, what we want to talk about a little bit is um, space and the home, you know, house, home, and this physical space that you occupy and how you respond to it and Mm. how much of your identity is included in that response to space. And I find it a lot, you know, your habits change when you are in a different space and when you're at home, you know, your habits change and you do certain things you wouldn't necessarily do at uni or whatever, whatever, um, and I found that a lot, actually, when I, so I stayed at my family home by myself for a few, mm. for a week or so, mm. when my family were on holiday, and weirdest thing, honestly, I, it was such an odd time, I never slept in my own bed the whole time. That you I, didn't sleep in your own bed? No, I slept in every other bed in the house, the sofa, but I didn't sleep in my own right. bed, did you, weird. Did you just feel like you couldn't? I couldn't do it, I don't know why. That's really interesting. It was really odd, and then I'd, you know, eat at weird times, like have three course meals at midnight and a lot of dancing alone in the kitchen. That's okay. That's fine. No, I know we do, but this was, you know, choreographed. It sounded like you were really exploring that space in a way that... Yeah, maybe a different... You're right. I guess when your family isn't there, you can do what you want. That's true. But it wasn't like I was doing all the things, you know, kind of eating, take up, take away all the time and having parties and it was it was just it what it felt odd it felt really odd and I Mm. definitely feel like I exist in a space between um my family home in Manchester I think I spent a lot of time at home um, you did this this summer and I'm not gonna diss Tunbridge Wells in any way (laughs) but I'm from Bristol and Bristol is amazing. (laughs) It's an amazing place to be. And I'm incredibly thankful that my parents went to uni there and set up a life there for themselves Mm. and brought me up there because it is an amazing place to be. Um, 
but my life but going back home your life's just dictated in different ways Definitely. I had a job so I was work getting up every day mum would cook me dinner for seven you know mm, yes it's a lot it's yeah. just so much more structure and there were different types of authorities yeah in that space my Absolutely. parents for example yeah yeah. You know, you have to spend time. I felt like I needed to spend time with my family. Mm. Um, I, sp- I felt like I really needed to invest time in them while I was there. Because when I went to uni, obviously I wasn't going to see them. Absolutely. And it's just, your life just feels ever so slightly more dictated by other people. Yes. And, you know, it's the whole, oh, mum, dad, I have to tell you I'm going to the pub. And what exactly. time I'm going, yeah. getting home. And then when you rock in at four, they're like, they're a bit pissed off. <laughs> and rightly so, rightly so. But when you go home, you're suddenly back to being a child. Do you find that you attach a lot of memories to place? Fundamentally so. Yeah. That's, I think, part of the... Yes, yeah. And that's part of the problem, which is potentially why I had such an odd experience going home, is that it was... It represented something more than just the space. Mm. The space, you know, this room is where I did this, and I felt like this in this room, and whatever. And, you know... I remember walking down here to go to school and at a time when, you know, I wasn't really enjoying school. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of sad memories are attached to the space. And I, I think that's the same with also cities as well. Yes, yeah. I like going, I remember the first time I went back to Bristol in reading week. I'd just broken up with, you know, my yes. boyfriend and it was crap. And I, every single place I went to mm. was plagued with a memory that I didn't want to feel at that time. Yeah. I just wanted to go yeah. home. I didn't mm. want to see him and things yeah. in it was just odd it was really odd yeah. and it's funny how we attach memories to place and how they become so pertinent and this is and i think that's what that's that's what builds places is memories. memories of course and that's how we network so that's why space is meaningful is because we attach these memories to them and we attach the significance to them and under and i remember actually um i've friends with a lot of architects and I had I taken architecture for granted a lot of people do and that's a kind of a way of um understanding space Mm. and space relationships between people and space Mm. and it was through them that I suddenly realized how pertinent those questions of space are Mm. and how much they affected me and you know you think about when you walk into what what makes a home comfortable and you think, okay, there are certain design features that make it comfortable. And you think how how linked they are to emotion. I am directly impacted by rooms that don't look very nice. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm a victim of bad no, and my, design. My housemates will tell me this, like, I, you know, not, I, not everyone has my taste um, yeah. in interiors. But if a place isn't comfortable... I'm not going to feel comfortable. Yeah. Also, so important to respond to the space in... Or when you, Especially when you're starting uni, I think, especially when you move into halls, which is soulless and empty and awful, being able to... Allowing yourself to decorate the space and claim it for what you want mm. it to be is incredibly important. And it's also, it's also important to note that you don't have to decorate that space with photos you might feel mm. that you that's you might feel that that space feels comfortable when you have people in it you might want to bring True. people into you're your space right. absolutely and that might be you might want to bring music into that space to make mm. you feel comfortable or um i don't know like everyone's got their own little comfort yeah. but to make a place home it's very personal i think definitely you're so right it doesn't have to be this material adornment it can just be filling it with your friends and 
listening to Sweet Sweet Cheese. Sweet Sweet have you enjoyed and lived in where have oh, you been um I lived in Africa for a long time and wow. that was you know I had a fantastic childhood so mm. I've been moving a lot really um from between countries and houses within countries and then um mm. I didn't I lived on film sets for a while as well, which was fun. But um, (laughs) the sense of home was always, um, I think it's, you know, it ended up being a lot of the creative pursuits that I took with me. If I have, and, you know, of of course, the people, my family, of course, Mm. that was very important. Um, We all had each other and moving around and that sense of displacement Mm actually has made us very very strong together I Mm. think and brought us together a lot but also it kind of made me think about the things I find most important and that's being able to read and write and draw yeah and listen to music and being able to take those things with me Mm. in some way for Mm. me is important one of the first houses I lived in in Namibia in southern Africa was this quite wacky house on top of a very very big hill and um there was this enormous garden that kind of I don't even know where it started or where it stopped and it sort of faded into this mountain behind us so we'd have baboons coming into our garden quite regularly and we called it the we called it the jungle just because it was so overgrown and um a lot of my memories are trying to save weaver birds these little tiny little birds um from death because they'd they'd so these trees would overhang our garden because it's all on the like mm-hmm. a cliff face or mm-hmm. like a, a gradient rather um and so these trees would hang over mm-hmm. and the birds would build their nests on the branches hanging down yeah so these babies would fall out the nest and crash oh, you know gosh. die because they'd fall to their doom oh my so we God, spent a lot okay. of time just watching dead birds dead, watching dead birds and trying to rescue them and <laughs> so i'm my kind of exposure to animal death was pretty young but no it was just a really nice house and we it was my um my sense of adventure was definitely cultivated there because it was just you know you go explore Mm. and you'd have you know I could do what I like yeah I had a tree that I went to every day to kind of think the thinking tree you know that (laughs) sort of thing I was allowed to play and being able to play even in you know, my young adulthood is something I find very important. Mm. But how about you? I did not grow up in Africa. <laughs> I'm sorry to be plain Jane, but um Hardly. Hardly. Um I have only lived in two houses mm. in my lifetime. I have barely moved at all. In fact, I probably moved about two miles. <laughs> Fantastic. So ah. I've stayed in I was living in one area of Bristol yeah. in a um in a terrace house with my two brothers and my mum and dad um 
which has so many happy memories, so many happy memories um, from that house, just being such a child and... Great. I still have a very vivid imagination and that imagination definitely grew in that house. I had an amazing mm. room with a big bay window. I was just, I was a very happy child. Mm. I was a very messy child. I'd never clear up any of my toys. I would sit in my room and spend That's funny because you're quite a, I see you as a quite a clean, tidy person, but you do, no, but I know this, <laughs> this is a surprising fact about you. You are just mucky. I'm a whirlwind. Am, you are a whirlwind. I'm a whirlwind and my mum puts it very well. I, you know where I've been. <laughs> I'm, I'd be an awful spy because I leave things everywhere. And that's just been, I, that's just been the case since I was little. Um, mm. And I think it's just because I am quite invested in what's in my brain rather than what actually needs yeah. to get done in the world. <laughs> like to you, yeah, things yeah. That I need to clean and, you know, like life. Nice. I had an alleyway at the back of our house at the end of the garden, which I would go and there would be, a, there's, there were some cats there. I would go, people are going to think I'm so weird. <laughs> <laughs> you want this great story yeah. of weaver birds and me just talking to the cat. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, I'd like to sit in the alleyway with my friends and we'd Kids make, are like, odd. Kids are so weird. Um, and then we moved when I was seven. To my dismay, it was bro- brought up in a Bacon family meeting that we were moving. Oh. And I was distraught. Oh, I'm not very no. good at change. No. So that was <laughs> that was quite stressful. <laughs> I was so stressed. Um, and we moved to this, I love it. It's, it's Eastfield Cottage. It's very idyllic. Lovely. It's a pink, it's a pink um, cottage. Is it? Oh, in, gorgeous. In Bristol. And that house just reminds me of growing up and being a teenager and... Um, still having a room that I spend a lot of time in and still spend a lot of time in when I go back home because I love it. Um, and things like spending hours learning to play the guitar in that room. Fantastic, yeah. Putting the keyboard up there and spending summers like playing music and and so on. And It's a wonderful house. I'm so fortunate for that That's space. So nice. And lots of memories have been made there. So yeah, even though I haven't moved, I've definitely had adventure mm. just in my own absolutely and also I can imagine you have a very strong sense of place and love and you, you've been able to cultivate that sense of place which I think and I, I can I don't know if that this is necessarily contingent on on this but you are somebody you're quite a you have you're such a f- strong forceful person not in a negative way I mean as in you people gravitate towards you naturally oh Ava think... <laughs> this is getting so mushy we haven't seen each other for so yeah, long so it's a little bit emotional um hey we're allowing all our feelings to take <laughs> oh. all today but you know what I mean I think you have a sense of and you have a strong sense of identity I well you know that's from an external perspective and you sort of know where you like to be and I think a sudden kind of emotional intelligence is naturally derivative of having a sense of place and understanding yeah I definitely that was mutable. very rooted in my home yeah and I think that does contribute to I like to place my roots down in places yeah. I like to feel like I'm part of a place or a home and and you know that's not kind of stagnation as well we should clarify that wanting to make a home of a place is not like you're suddenly um you, you're stuck somewhere. Yeah. It's it's understanding how a, a place works and wanting to be part of this mm. process of 
of a space through time and that sounds a little bit wanky but you know what I mean? like to be to be a part yeah. of something and to enjoy community whatever yeah. whatever but on the flip side with your experience in terms of for anyone who has moved a lot and I know lots of friends who have moved a lot mm. those people are amazing at dealing with change and you guys yeah. are change makers and Ava <laughs> indeed you are a change maker oh. because what well, if you think if you've moved around that you've moved to Africa you had to adapt to English life mm. after being in Africa for so long you guys are really good at transitioning with a really positive mindset. Whereas when I have to deal with big change, it's like, oh, all of this crap. <laughs> I'm going to have to move all of this. Oh, look at all this emotional baggage I'm going to have to take with me. Oh, jeez. Um, whereas when I watch people who have lived in different spaces and had to move around a lot, they're very good at uprooting, going, popping down roots, uprooting, going, mm. popping down roots. They're good at transition. Yeah. And that's, that's, we need both, both kind of people. Absolutely, absolutely. We need people who can see the bigger picture and move to different places, but also people who can sit and be present in one place. That's so cute. As a student now, um, would you like to own a home? Would I like to own a home? I don't know if I'll ever be in a financial position Mm. to own a home. Mm. Um, I'd like to. I definitely want to see more of the world. I see myself living with people. Living with people, I enjoy communal living a lot, actually, because I get energy from other people. Mm. So, living with other people is a lot of fun. You learn stuff about yourself Mm. from others um how about you i think (laughs) there is commotion in the corridor there's other people (laughs) there's other people occupying the space home (laughs) um i i think as a student i think uh, my dad is really into me getting property as soon as i can Ah. i think there's a pressure to get on the property ladder definitely when you're young because it's so hard to and it's expensive either people say don't bother or they or, say now 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 yeah now. it's either yeah it's either one or the other don't bother and just rent for the rest of your life mm. or put, pop down a deposit and with a Jeez. huge mortgage and whatnot yeah. <laughs> and it, it feels impossible this is the thing i have a sense that it's impossible mm. to ever own a home it feels mm. like I'm ne- I'll never be able to. I just think it, we do feel uncertain as young people about whether we'll ever, we'll ever make it there. Mm. I was looking at house prices. I love London. I'd love to live in London. I was looking at house prices oh, in East London, which isn't that much. And it was like, what was it? 1,300 yeah. for a one-bedroom apartment per month. That's vile. That's that makes horrid. me feel so uncomfortable. I, have, I know a lot of people in London that are looking for flats um or house shares now and it just sounds like a soul-destroying experience no one can afford it no no one can afford it and there's you know interview process you have to go to to house share as well the kind of if if they want you they'll have you and it it feels like it's london is pushing people out and what's weird is that if you can't if you can't (laughs) afford those situations if you can't if you work in london you can't afford to get a house share or get in a house and you end up in really weird alternative situations like some people live in warehouses that have been like partitioned by like plywood (laughs) which is fine but i don't think i could deal without not having a window in my room can i read something to you to kind of finish off oh i didn't realize you were going to do that that was so spontaneous yes is it perhaps virginia wolf Tis indeed, actually. Tis I, love, I love this dramatic irony <laughs> yeah, that we I know, do. Yeah, like, Can you really? tell? 
Um, what are you reading? Um, uh, so, um... <laughs> in your best prose in, voice. Oh, um, God, my Virginia Woolf drawl. Um, so, no, I'm going to read a little s- section um, of a short story by Virginia Woolf called A Haunted House, and is a I picked this up yesterday in the train station, um, Euston, in fact, and it it was an interesting... I haven't read any of her short stories and realised that they are quite wonderful. Mm. But here is just a, sh- a short extract that I thought was quite poignant and relatable. Mm. So here it goes. Um, let's go. The shadow of a thrush crossed the carpet. From the deepest wells of silence, the wood pigeon drew its bubble of sound. Safe, safe, safe. The pulse of the house beat softly. Oh. So I like the idea of a pulse of a house because that's kind of... If you are going to have a house, it must be beating. It must be It must beating. have a heart. heart. And if you can't mm. have a heart in your home, you shouldn't be living there. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not, jo- I'm not joking. A real life beating, beating bloody, bloody heart. <laughs> with arteries popping out. Oh. Blood spursing from the aorta. Lovely. We'll leave you on that. <laughs> we'll leave Gory you on that. Image. Lovely. Um, and just a heads up, we're going to be here for a few months, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are. Got indeed. some really interesting episodes coming out. So indeed, indeed. definitely stay on and listen. We're releasing bi weekly. Really excited to grow Fallow Fields. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, feedback is always welcome. We like hearing what you enjoyed or what you didn't enjoy, mm. if that comes up. Um, mm. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you in a few weeks.